Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your car United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. United's final home game ends in victory and nearly 2,000 Blues are set to travel to West Yorkshire for the season closes this weekend. We look ahead to the clash with Bradford City on Saturday and give our thoughts ahead of the retain list to be announced next week. A time to spare. I know. I thought you quickly. A bit early, don't I? Yeah, well, I went a little bit too quickly. It's one of these things. I, I need. I need to practice over the summer. Or maybe we'll change the way we do the intro, so I don't yeah. have to rush it. Maybe, but there you go. It's. Uh, it's one of those things. You. I've always thought it's just over three lines is perfect. In my uh, running order intro, I've got written down. But uh, this week it wasn't. It was a bit too little. So there you go. Uh, how you doing, mate? All good? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's um, not a bad way to end the season at home. At least last weekend, it was a yeah. It was uh, it was semi pedestrian, but the, we got the result. You know, it was always kinda, good to beat Steve Evans. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a a good preseason game, wasn't it? I think is why I describe yeah, it. Yeah, like like that that last one before the go, if you know what I mean. Yeah, there's a bit, of, there's a little bit more of an edge to it than your average, you know, game where no one really cares. But it, I mean, like, like I said, I'm going to say later on anyway. But it, at least it wasn't as bad as that Walsall game. I know, I keep saying it, but no, genuinely, no, no. one of the worst games of football you'll ever see. Awful, awful. Uh, well, let's get into the news then, Dan. Um, before we get into a few bits of it in today, we've got to talk about uh, season tickets, uh, kiosk members meetings, and loan updates. But first of all, bit of news that broke uh, last weekend, did it, Dan? A bit of a sad yeah, news in a way, but something to celebrate as well. One that we thought probably worthy of a bit more than explodes, but yeah. uh, Danny Lives is retiring. Yeah, hanging up his boots, Danny, blues legend. Uh, he's announced that basically, uh, I think they've got their last game at Brackley this weekend, Chester, and that's going to be his last game as a professional footballer. Basically, he's decided to hang up his boots at the end of the National League North season. Um, he's 37 now, Danny. He's. Um, He's basically admitted, hasn't he? I think he's done an interview with John Coleman this week. He hasn't seen it. Give it a read. It's a really good uh, sort of roundup of his time at Cal United, especially. Some really interesting bits I didn't even know in there about the fact that he was worried when McDonald came in that he wasn't, he was going to get dropped and basically let go. Yeah, yeah. Interesting that. Um, but yeah, he basically admitted, look, I've only played 19 games this season and that's not good enough for me. If I'm playing, I want to be available and fit every week and... I suppose there's a lot of plays you want to go on, you know, when you feel like you're still doing your best rather than, you know, not not quite doing it. So fair play to him. He's uh, he's um, he had a brief spell as a caretaker actually with Chester early this season, didn't he? he took over from um, the, the two lads who were in charge at Salford that took him there actually. Um, yeah, yeah. He said he enjoyed the coaching side of it and maybe the stuff on the match day, but he didn't enjoy the sort of nasty side of having to drop players and that kind of thing. Probably didn't help that there were his, there were his mates, a lot of them obviously being caretaker so yeah it's, it's it's always hard when you sort of a player manager that side yeah. of it i think you know it's... yeah exactly so i think he found it a bit tougher um but actually he's now going to start a new role uh working at school for the manchester united foundation so got himself a decent little role there by the looks of things um quick look back on, on danny's career shall we um so obviously he signed from bolton wonders on an initial short-term loan deal i think it was it Box just, I think it was like maybe Christmas Day or just before Christmas Day, yeah, 2004. Yeah. He made his debut on Boxing Day at Morecambe 
um, in a game that famously was at the old Christie Park and a story I think had paid for some scaffolding to be put up in the away end because it's, it's, it was a weird away end at Christie Park for anyone who'd never been. In that it had the terracing going up but then it had a real big flat bit at the, bit at the back where you think to yourself, well, you could easily put more terracing back. Why have you made that flat? Really strange decision. He put some temporary terracing. We had a huge following there. And Danny, and we were all a bit, oh, got a player on there from, from Premier League. He's played a couple of games. Well, he might be a decent player. He had a stinker. He had an absolute yeah. stinker in that game. He, I think we drew the game 1-1. It, it, was an, it was a pretty much frozen pitch. Could barely stand up for most of the game. Thought, Who's this donkey we've got? And it did take him a while to find his feet. But when he did, he, he really found his feet, didn't he? He became a massive player for us. And uh, he made over, well, made 333 appearances in League and Cup during his time with us. And he's, I think he's, he's in the top 10 for appearance makers, isn't he, of all time for the club. It's something that actually gets a little bit forgotten sometimes because obviously Peter Murphy was here at the same time and he probably grabbed a few more of the headlines seeing as he got so close to Alan Ross's record. Um, but yeah, it, 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 he spent a good 10 years at the club and then left in the summer of 2014 after a brief loan spell with Wrexham. Then he had little spells, at, um, well, some spells at Barrow, um, Salford and obviously finished up at Chester. Um. Yeah, just, just fantastic. Obviously, pick out a few of the highlights, Dan. We're going to discuss about it. Yeah, uh, you've you've put half a dozen in there, yeah. stabbing you. Uh, the penalty against all the shots a good starter point. I mean, no one will ever forget that, will they? I mean, what I'd say is the chance he gets for that. It's not a great chance. <laughs> it doesn't scan very well. Danny lives. He he took the penalty. That took us to Stokes. It, it, it's a bit it's forced, isn't it? A little bit. But it's nice that he has got his own little chance to remember him that way. Um, but yeah, a, a, a fantastic moment. I mean, to, to show like the nerves he did to take that penalty after the pitch invasion from him, um, which certainly showed up uh, Cumbria's uh, education system, doesn't it? And uh, mathematics standards. The fact that they thought the game was over when Glennon saved the penalty when actually Danny still had the penalty to take. <laughs> but it's interesting, he said that actually helped him because he said, to be honest, I didn't have the long walk up with everyone looking at me because I literally just went to the penalty spot while they were clearing the pitch. So I was ready to go as soon as they took it. So really good. Uh, obviously one promotion to the Football League with the conference playoffs and winning the league too tightly. He scored one of the goals in, in that game at Rochdale, didn't he, to, to win the title for us. Um, just being a part of that, 2007, uh, 2008 playoff run. He was, I mean, again, he gets a little bit forgotten just how good he was that season because Westwood gets a lot of the plaudits, doesn't he? And, you know, Garner and Graham for their goals up front, but he was fantastic, wasn't he, as a defender in that division? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when when he was at his peak with us, you know, he was he was one of the best central defenders in the division, you know, and him, him and Murphy and, you know, I think people forget he played alongside Kev Gray a fair bit because Murphy yeah. was used at left back and in midfield a lot. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, did, yeah. Well, especially when he was beside Gray, it was very much sort of the old and young combination, wasn't mm. it? You know, it's he yeah, was he, uh, people do no, he was to forget that a little bit. Yeah, you're right. I mean, mm. I don't think he actually even played. You know, you look back, he probably didn't even play that much alongside Peter in a lot of his time with us, really. No, no, no. Because Peter's obviously played all over the pitch, basically, in all kinds of different positions. Yeah, yeah. But, but when they did play together, it very much was, you know, cultured he, left Peter foot. Peter Murphy was the John Mellish of that time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was a cult, cultured left foot on him, uh, Peter. Danny, yeah. less, less cultured right foot, but you know what? As he said, just get rid. Get rid. If you, you know, if you're not sure, just put it out. 
head it out, do what you want, kick players in the air. He was he was terrific at that. He was a real war horse. And I mean, he actually ended up in the uh, the PFA League One team of the season alongside uh, Karen Westwood at the end of that season. It's one of those times you look and you think, if he maybe had a little bit more ability on the ball, he might have possibly been picked up at someone at a high level. But I mean, not many people make as many appearances as he does in his, did in his career. If you had on the times, obviously, since he's left us as well, if you count those as league appearances in the various known leagues he's been in, he's probably pushing on six, 700 appearances in total. Yeah, it will be, yeah. Which is it's fantastic, really. And uh, we can't we can't really finish um, off without mentioning the uh, the free ball to Lee Miller. Um that he, that he did uh, against Huddersfield in that famous game where we won two one. He was a uh, I say free ball. It was just a hoof forward, but it was a hell of a hoof forward, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, it was a cultured pass. A cultured pass, yes, indeed. I mean, one thing he, he does say that it left a bit of a bad taste in his mouth the way things ended at Brunton Park, and I tend to agree with him. I mean, it's difficult when a player's out on loan and stuff like that sometimes, you know, but. For a player to find out they're being released by looking on the website was just pretty piss poor, really, at the time, wasn't it? Especially one who's given you so much service. And he never got his testimonial that that, um, that Murph did, and he, and he was it. I mean, if you want to really, you know, be picky, you could say he was here for nine and a half years rather than ten, but he was here for ten years, basically. And he should have got one. I mean, and it would be nice, maybe, if the clubs could look, maybe, to get a... One of the friendly sort in the summer for for Danny to have a little testimonial or something like that, even if he doesn't play or something, it would be nice to do that, wouldn't it, to show recognition? But I can't see it happening, to be honest. But my mind, well, my mind, you with Simmer being back, you never know, I suppose. But but hey ho, I don't I don't know so much about a testimonial. Um, I'm not being harsh here, no. But certainly guest of honour for one of the friendlies. Hmm. I think that Definitely. would be. Uh, be good because he never really got to say goodbye, did he? Really properly. I know he played in the Legends no. game the other week, but there was only fourteen hundred there, wasn't there? Really, so it's, you, you want it when yeah. it's a bigger crowd, really, or something. Even the opening day of the season, just invite him back to come to to the game and just say thank you, basically for the for the service he gave to us, at the very least. But um, but yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, fantastic career. Well done, Danny, and uh, wish you all the best for the future. Um, okay, Dan, let's move on then. Let's uh, talk about uh, season tickets. They've gone on sale. Um, this was I think this news came out did it come out on Thursday and I think we recorded on Wednesday last week from what I remember yeah uh, we recorded just after the news about Paul Simpson had broken yes. hadn't we and uh, I think obviously they obviously sensibly waited to get the jubilation of the Simpson deal out the way uh, to then announce season tickets we did we did hope we'd get the hat trick with the kits on Friday <laughs> but no mention of the kits yet Alas, alas, our present from Voldemort still waits. Oh, can't wait to see what the hell that is. Battle of announced their kits this week, though. They have, they? yeah, some Puma. I mean, the home kit, I'm not, I'm not so sure. The away kit's quite yeah. tidy. I don't mind that, actually. It's different. It's a bit different, mm. but there you go. Um, but they Very non league. They are still Barrow kits, though, aren't they? So. Um, yeah, so obviously, season tickets details have been announced. And for the first time in nine years, there's a price increase, isn't there, Dan? Yeah, uh, not directly. Uh, those who are season ticket holders yes, will true. get at current rates, mm. which is, you know, fair enough. Uh, but I saw a couple of people complain about this, and I did think nine years we've stayed the same price. It's a hell of a long time. It's a hell of a long time yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's, it's it's basically it's a two pound increase in both seating and terracing. That's for both pre-match prices and for the on the day prices. 
it had to happen at some point. We couldn't keep going along at those prices and expect to be able to still get the same standard of players, still cover all our bills and things like that. I know people say, oh, things are tight for everyone at the moment. You know, we've got to, you know, our bills are going up for everybody. Well, so it's the same for the club. Their bills are all going up so that they've got to, you know, they've got to find a bit of extra money somewhere really, haven't they? So it's a tough one. And in an ideal world, you know, it'd be tenor to get in or something like that, wouldn't it? And five of kids, but... It's not the way the world works <laughs> in, in the football league. So you've you've got to charge realistic prices and um, and yeah, I, I I I don't grumble too much. I think there's a few issues with some of the younger prices, isn't there? I think there's a few problems with them. I think they've resolved one of those problems, wouldn't they? They realise it's yeah. There was right. an, there was an FAQ came out the day after, and I think the hundred pound tickets had went to one two five, and I think they then knocked them down a tenner to one one five. Yeah, and there was also. Under 14s can't go unattended, yes. and we we think that's probably because there's been the odd little thing, you know. There was that game where three kids ran on the pitch, etc. It's probably to do with that, isn't I, it? The club have basically said that's what it is. Basically, they said, "Look, yeah. we've had too many incidents this season. We need to do something about it, and this is the only way we can." And yeah, it's it's not not great for the for the kids, maybe, but. Unfortunately, it's a few few have spoiled it for the for the majority in that sense. And as always, as always, well, as always, yes. But interestingly, they didn't say that you had to have an adult with you if you get anything. If you're an under eighteen, you can be the person who's accompanying an under fourteen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, if there's groups where you you know one of them's sixteen and one of them's fourteen, or something you, you can you can do that that way. So, and an also the, the first one hundred new season ticket holders got a special mm. early buy rate, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I think 60 people had taken advantage of that before mm. they reopened this but week or something. A couple so. of days ago, there were, at, was it 450, about 500 sales, I think? Yeah. Which is yeah. fantastic, really, for, for so early on. I've still not sorted mine because I tried ringing the no, other day. No, I'm, 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 I'm going down early next week on my days off, you know. I'm, yeah. So, I'm no rush. So there'll be plenty of, you know, existing ones you'll think, oh, don't, I don't need to worry about it. Yeah, wait till the season's over, that kind of thing, sort it then. So, yeah, I'll be sorting mine. Then. I, hope, I might even do it tomorrow. I might even give them a little ring and... Uh, get it done but yeah fantastic if you want more details go and look on the official website it's the best thing rather than us reading out all the different bits and pieces but, yeah. but there you go so it's an extra two pound but you know what hopefully that'll help simo's uh promotion push next season we'll have to wait and see won't we yeah. um a little bit before we do the loan updates down about the kiosk members meeting coming up yeah kiosk have announced another members meeting uh next thursday the 12th at 7pm in Foxes. Uh, hopefully the bar will be open this time <laughs> and it'll have been hoovered from uh, the previous engagement. Uh, no, this is, you know, there's been a bit of a, a few more people have joined since the whole Unit of 40 thing and these meetings are basically your chance to go, ask questions, offer yeah. help, suggest ideas. You know, it's 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 fine to snipe from the outside. We've, we've all done it. Christ, I'm, I'm probably number one for doing it. But, you know, if, if you don't attend and don't speak to the people involved, you know, you can't expect anything to ever happen. So, you know, yeah. if you're a member, try and get down. Uh, I do believe they're looking at some form of streaming for Exiles. Yeah. Because I, I don't think the Zoom worked that brilliantly last time. Was issues with it, I think, wasn't it? But there, there yeah. are solutions you can you can find for that. But but yeah, you're absolutely right. Obviously, this is probably I'm guessing will be the last members meeting before they have the AGM in the summer as well. So. Yes, the AGM is uh, July when uh, 
the uh, the vote people on and off boards and all that sort of thing and yeah, so it's opportunity check for people, the account and that so. yeah, opportunity for people to put themselves forward for the board and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, certainly. You know, the, if you've got the skill set to help, then I'm sure they'd be more than welcome to to get more people involved. Definitely. Right, yeah. let's move on to loan updates then, Dan. And uh, oh, some positives in this week, isn't there? I think it's fair to say. <laughs> but should, should we leave the, the main positive one until last and we'll cover the, the two National League ones <laughs> first? So first yeah. up, Tristan Abrahams. Um, de- decent weekend's work for him? Yeah. Uh, he came on as a half-time sub in a 2 all draw at Barn at Grimsby were 1-0 down. Uh, they were further behind at 2-0, but they got the, the goals late to... Secured a point. Uh, they didn't play on Bank Holiday Monday, but Chesterfield failed to take advantage. And is it their two defeats and the Grimsby point picked up? Sees Grimsby into six with three games left. Yeah. And a game in hand on Chesterfield in seven and Dagenham, who were three points behind in eight. I think that's what you wrote. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, Chesterfield yeah. have absolutely blown it, haven't they, really? They're just, ever since they, they sacked the the manager, obviously, you know, the off-the-field behaviour thing, it's fair to say, uh, they've just gone to pot, haven't they? And they're the, 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 the yeah. in real danger of missing out on the playoffs altogether, as it stands. Quite incredible, mm. really, when you look at it. I mean, when you consider the amount of money that's been put into them, as summer as all, well, you'd have expected them mm. to be to be up there with, you know, Wrexham and... Uh, Stockport, the top of the the division, I mean, who play each other this weekend, they do indeed. But it's interesting. Massive game. If Wrexham win that game, then Halifax win their game, and then win their game in hand. Halifax could go into the last game of the season playing a title decider against Stockport. They play each other on the yeah. last day, I, I, and, and no one's talking about Stockport. I know mean, the chances of Halifax doing it are very very slim, something like three hundred fifty to one. But they could still do it. <laughs> It's not, uh, you know, out of the realms of possibility. Quite incredible, really, when you think about it. Uh, considering the budget they've got compared against, you know, y- your likes of um, Wrexham and Stockport. Quite an achievement for them. Um, well, let's move on to the, the other player um, in the National League. Uh, I hope everyone's sitting down when they're listening to this. Manny Manpala. It's, 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 not, it's not that big. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Manny Manpala started a game of football. That's a big thing. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. There'll be listeners thinking he maybe like assisted or scored. The way no, he did nothing. He came, off, he came off after 61 <laughs> minutes. 61 minutes. He, he didn't, basically, they had a double header this weekend, like a lot of the National League teams uh, did Weymouth. Um, they played Solly Holmes on the uh, home on the Saturday, lost 4-2. Manny didn't come off the bench in that game. But he did start against Southend in a 1-1 draw on the Monday. Uh, like I said, he, he came off in the 61st minute when it was 1-1 at that point already. Um, I'd imagine that's one of those ones where the managers probably looked and thought, I need to keep it fresh, basically, for this yeah, two yeah. games two games in the space of a few days. But uh, but there you go. Well, let's talk about the main one then, Dan. Mr. Taylor Ooh. Charters. What a fantastic yeah. weekend he had. Because, uh, yeah, uh, eventful weekend, to say the least, um, for him and Gator. They picked up four points. And as a result, have secured promotion back to the National League as champions of the National League North. Fantastic stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he started both the games. Mm. Uh, picked up an early assist in the 3-1 win over Southport. Yeah. But was then subbed at half-time in the 2 all draw at Chorley. Uh, Gateshead were actually one down at that point. Mm. But they, they dominated the second half, went 2-1 up, but then uh, were pegged back late on 2 all, And... Down at Edgley Street, Brackley were two one up against Hereford late in the game. It probably wouldn't have been enough, but they failed to hold on 
a late Hereford goal made it two all, and that confirmed Gateshead promotion. So, yeah, well done to Gateshead and to Tutela. Yeah, they could have had a really stupid situation, Gateshead, if 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 Brackley had held on, where they'd have been gone into the last game with a, a twenty plus better goal difference. <laughs> yeah. Technically, champions, a bit like we did on the last day against Stockport that time. You, you you're pretty much champions, but until the final whistle goes and you haven't lost 20 nil or something, you, you, you can't officially yeah, say it, yeah, can you? So, yeah. It was like yeah. Doncaster's relegation the other week. They were down, but yeah, officially exactly they weren't in case of a 28-goal swing. You know. Yeah, but fantastic for Taylor. Well done. Uh, we'll talk more about him in a minute, though, won't we? Because we'll be that's, talking about the retain that's list. one thing we've missed out, uh, speaking of Doncaster. Uh, Gillingham and AFC Wimbledon joined Doncaster and crew in League 2. Mm, they did well, with uh, League One finishing a week early. I'd, I still haven't worked out why League One's finished a week earlier. It's because there's no bank holiday Monday at the end of May this year because of the. That's right. It's That's been moved. It, to, yeah, it's, it's moved to the. Yeah, into the, June the for the Jubilee. Yeah, so as a That's result, right. they've had to move the League One week, one to a weekend before, basically. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same weekend as the last weekend of the Premier League, basically. So, so there yeah. you go. Um, yeah, so let's get on to the match review section then, Dan, where we'll also touch on the retain list at the end of this. We're not going to go into a massive amount of detail on the Stevenage game, but uh, yeah, as you say there, United won this game 2-1, thanks to Golson, Riley and Alessandra, and uh, obviously uh, Luke Norris got a late penalty for Stevenage to ruin the day for Mark Howard, I suppose, not keeping an assist on the final home game of the season, but um, but overall, uh, like we said, it was a... a clean sheet. A, Sorry, clean sheet, yes. Um, yeah, um, I was going to say, how do you keep an assist? Sorry, clean sheet. <laughs> you know why? I'm looking at my running order and I can see armour assist and I was just thinking, oh yeah, I was going to mention that. And, uh, but there you go. So yeah, clean sheet. You couldn't keep a clean sheet. Um, thank you for keeping an eye on what I'm saying there, Dan. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, not the worst game of football you'll see, especially second half. Certainly stepped up a gear or two and uh, got the result. I mean, you kind of went away from this game, didn't you, feeling... Pretty positive, didn't we, really? I mean, the weather wasn't the greatest, but it didn't feel like, you know, a miserable end to the season, did it? Well, I left the house about one o'clock uh, to meet mm. you, actually. Yeah. And it was, I, I put my sunglasses on because the sun was out. I got about 500 yards from my house and the clouds came in and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, right, cheers. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we, we met in the uh, the little fan zone thing outside the ground. Yeah. It's, a nice, it's a good little setup they got there, isn't it, really? And it's, yeah, yeah. One of the real positives, actually, is to have to say what the club have done this season, really. we I yeah, wasn't drinking because I was driving, but yeah. A, a, lot, a lot of it has been trial and error, and, uh, mm. you know, there'll be pros and cons for next season. I know they're certainly looking at a more sort of semi-permanent structure of some form. Mm, it'd be but fantastic uh, if they could sort that out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was nice just nice to have a little catch-up for all the games sat there. You know, plenty of people, lots of families there. Good, good attendance, over 5,000 again as well. You know, shows the real simo effect, doesn't it? People really enjoy well, it. Was, what was it? I think it was 5-7, and there was only 100 out of them. Yeah, so I mean, fair play, though, Steve. He was coming up with nothing to play for. I know, like, I know. That's a long journey, there. But yeah, it, yeah, it was fantastic. It's interesting because the night before I was out in Cockmouth and I was talking, he'll like his shout out here because I know he listens to the podcast. My, my cousin's partner, Phil, I bumped into him in uh, in the Cock and Bull in Cockmouth and I was just saying, saying to him, I've seen you been going to the games recently. He said, yeah, yeah. I, said, I went towards the end of the Abbott regime and it was, it, was, it, was, it was good. But then it started to get quite toxic in the crowd and it wasn't an enjoyable place to go and watch football. So I just stopped going and they said like, 
I started going again fairly recently, and under Simmer, it's been so much more enjoyable. And you know, my cousin's talking about getting a, a season ticket with him, and I was thinking, Millie's never had an interest in football, to my knowledge. It's yeah. fantastic. Shows the shows the effect the man has. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really is. Um, but yes, it's just just a great feeling about it. Let's talk about the goals then. Um, first goal, Joe Riley. Uh, Great finish, unfortunately, but ended his game for him as well, didn't it? Really, <laughs> because he did. Yeah, tweaked himself, didn't he? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic bit of play, isn't it? Dickinson on the left whips in a good cross, headed out to Riley, and he, he took a little touch, sort of cut across the sort of twenty-five yards to what sort of the right-hand side of the box, didn't he? And he just opened up nicely for him. We were right behind it where he, when he struck it in the paddock and oh, hit it so well. Little bounce in front of the keeper into the bottom corner and. Yeah, one nil, and it was um, it was clear actually that he'd done it straight away, wasn't it? Because he was basically trying to delay the restart by yeah, standing yeah. in their area. But uh, I mean, you will have had a good view of that from the uh, from the B stand as well, wouldn't you? Great strike. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good 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 shot, uh, deserving for Joe. Uh, like I say, you could tell he'd hurt himself doing it. Uh, I don't think it's anything serious. Uh, we'll yeah. have more on that later, obviously. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it, 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 it's one of those ones I need with him. He's um, he's not had too many chances to play in midfield this season and he was playing a bit of a deeper role in this game, wasn't he? But second half, he re- for the 10 or so minutes that he played in the second half, he really drove forward a bit more than he and he gave us a bit more purpose in the way we played. Um, the man who replaced him, Luis Alessandra, he then got the second goal, didn't he? Which brought up an interesting stat someone mentioned. I think you, you were talking about this, weren't you, about... How many times has the goal scorer been subbed off for a player who's then gone on to also score straight afterwards? Yeah, and the the first one that came to my mind, and I only remember this, someone tagged us, didn't they, mm. on the official Facebook. I remember we played Fleetwood in the League Cup and Sean Miller scored. Yes. And he got subbed and Tom Miller came on. Yes, and I can remember Tom Miller uh, scoring the winner. Yeah, and I only remember that because it was Miller and Miller. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I head, had I had I had a bit of a look through soccer base later, and I think that was the last time it happened. Miami, fair play. Which well, was that... early twenty seventeen. Yeah, well, got to say, what a wonderful team goal this was, though. This was one of those ones. This was kind of one of those ones you see in some of those late season games and in pre-season where, you know, a nice slick passing move comes together. Maybe partly because the opposition aren't trying as hard as you'd, you'd normally expect them to. But but it's everything worked, didn't it? It started with a you know long kick fall from their keeper. Feeney does well to hold off the attacker and uh, plays it to Gibson. He then plays it to um, to Whelan. He played it to Dennis. Dennis actually did one of the best bits of this move. Really good bit of close control. Just played it around the corner for... For Gibson mm. to get onto, he then gets it up to um, Alessandra um, in a bit of space. He do- does what he does well, holds it up well, finds a bit of space, picks out his man. Dickinson then plays it just about perfectly to Armour, didn't he? A little bit yeah. more the other side. It would have been behind Armour. He would have struggled to get out of his feet, but it's perfectly to Armour's feet. Takes a touch, and then he sends a, a low ball into the to the box, and um, and Patrick. You first think, oh, Patrick's messed up here. He should have got the end of that. But that Louis, Louis comes from nowhere, doesn't he? He slides in and puts it in the back of the net. Fantastic team move. And... I think the key with the cross from Armour as well was, it was one of those, it was just to for the keeper to come fully, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. 
too close to defenders for the keeper to come and the defenders yeah, move. They yeah. get a slight touch. They're probably putting it in the net, aren't they? So yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was a nightmare, but fantastic ball into the box. Really, really good ball and put us 2-0 up. And again, we, we kept going. We could have had a could have had a third, but it, it was the third goal of the game was a Stevenage goal. At the time, this penalty, a lot of people were like, what's he giving that for? What's he giving that for? Now, Cameron, again, who's another one of our listeners, he referees at Carlisle City level. And uh, and he was watching. He said straight away, yep, penalty. He's pulled him down. And everyone was there, and I'm like, really? Ah, oh, it looks soft, looks soft. Watch it back on the highlight. It is the blatant penalty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> with, with, I, th- I, think, I, th- I think those in the East stand probably thought, yeah, penalty. Whereas <laughs> on our side, we were like, what's happened there? It was hard to tell. But yeah, basically, wheel and haul down Cuthbert. No arguments. And uh, Norris stepped up, sent Howard the wrong way, and... Uh, Got them a, a goal, but uh, to be honest, after that, they didn't have another single chance, I don't think. I think we just kept holding no, the ball, didn't no. we? And that's one thing we've been very good at under Simo, not doing anything stupid if you do concede a goal late on and just, just keeping keeping holding on. So, so there you go. Um, a few talking points to talk about, Dan. Um, well, first off, we've got to mention, because we we, I've done very well to not mention this yet. We saw a debut at the weekend, didn't we? The first yeah, debut. Jack Ellis. Yeah. Jack Ellis. Uh, a bit of a surprise one. I'd heard that he might be starting on the Friday from someone. And I mentioned it to you before the game, didn't I? I said, I've heard a whisper. We might be a surprise yeah, name yeah. in the lineup, and it's Jack Ellis. And I'm like, oh, I wonder where he'll play. Obviously, yeah. we thought he'd be in for Simeu. As it was, he was actually technically in for Mella, wasn't he? He was putting a right wing back. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It should be said, he's a, he's a second-year YTS Jack. He's got a professional He's got a two-year deal, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Two-year with an option as well, I think, possibly, on the end yeah. of it, but I can't remember. Um, so he'll be a professional come the summer. Um he actually plays centre-back most of the time, but also fills in at right-back and left-back. I don't think he's really played right-wing-back before. So this was a bit new for him. And t- didn't do much wrong, did he? No, he didn't. A uh, couple of nervous touches early, to be expected. Yeah. But as as the game grew, we started coming into it. And uh, I thought it was nice to bring him off just to get the the, the applause, you yeah. know. I think he could, I think they could have made him man of the match, you know. I think that would have been a nice little touch just to give him... Because you sometimes find that a young player in a game like that, you know, makes the debut. You give them money the match. I know Morgan had a very good game, so I can't really argue too much, but it's one of those ones. Just give him a little confidence boost. Say he's man of the match. He didn't do, didn't really put a foot wrong. What I liked about him as well is he was demanding the ball. He wasn't just, you know, pass it off to someone and then just stand around watching. He was then moving and wanting the ball back to him as well. And he actually made a nice little decoy run. People don't pick it up for Riley's goal. He made a run to go and overlap, and I was screaming at Joe to, to pass it to him. And obviously that opened up a little bit of space for to Joe to get the shot off. So, yeah, fantastic. Look, looks a really good prospect. And he's not a little lad, either. He's, he, he looks fairly well built, so he doesn't look like mm. somebody who's going to take a bit of a while to bulk himself up for the football league. It'll be interesting to see if he starts this weekend. Right? I wonder if he might drop to the bench, maybe, for this game, possibly. Go for a bit more of a solid lineup when we're facing Bradford. Yeah, it's only, it's going to be a big crowd, isn't it? They've, they've done about seventeen thousand, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So, it'd be interesting to see whether he, he does not or not. Um, couple of I just pick three other players, maybe to talk about him. Mark Howard first up again. Again, some terrific save in this game, wasn't it? That he made. He, you wouldn't think he was thirty-seven, would you? No, not at all. It's, it's incredible. Um. One heart in the mouth moment there with his lovely little turn on the ball in his own six yard box with the attacker approaching him. That uh, a lot of people were panicking in the panic. And I kept saying to everyone, it's, it's just annoying how 
really cool he is on the ball. You're doing him a disservice. I've just looked. He's only 35. Is he 35? I thought he was 37. I do apologise for yeah. that. I thought he, he was turns 36 in September. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe I've just got a bit mixed up. But but yeah, no, 35. Well, younger than I thought then, actually. Well, maybe maybe yeah, he's one. Because yeah. I was thinking 37, whether he'd stay or not. So no, in my head, that maybe has changed my mind a little bit. But um, but yeah, it, 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 he is so cool on the ball, though, isn't he? Obviously, he's, he grew up in you know the Arsenal academy, so you've got to be even as a keeper fairly decent on the ball, don't you? But he he, he takes every last second to kick it. He doesn't panic if the attacker's closing him down. He still takes his time, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he is calm. He is assured. You know whether that's from you know he started at Arsenal as a youngster. Obviously, uh, you can tell he's been up at that level. Hmm. Uh, no. Uh, no, just we mentioned him most weeks, and that 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 speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's not like he's being totally peppered with shots, but it's just in the key moments he's making big saves, isn't he? When he has to, that's the thing that stands out for you. Yeah, didn't have the greatest game against Harrogate, but then again, who did really in that game? So you know, just, no. you look at that as a one-off almost. Um, I suppose we've already touched on Joe Raley and how good it was to see him back in midfield. Bit of a shame about the injury. Corey Whelan came in for this game, didn't he? So obviously, Danel Simeon missed out. Because he basically hadn't trained with the, the the team pretty much all week due to a family bereavement, so Simo decided I've got to be fair on the players who've trained all week, and and he, he brought Corey into the starting lineup. I thought he had an all right game actually in that sort of right sided sided centre back for the back three. Yeah, he did all right. Uh, I'm not going to say too much on him yeah. because I've got something to say regarding mm. him and another player when we talk about the. Squad. I think it might be exactly the same player that I'm going to talk about. Two players. Yeah. Anyway. So there you go. But yeah, no. Does he have the same initials? Uh, maybe not. As in, in his, his name, the same one twice. Uh, ooh, I don't know. Actually, no. Maybe not. I'm not sure. No. no. Oh well, we'll wait, we'll wait and see. Um, but yeah, so decent performance from Corey. Because one of those ones, he, he did look decent at the start of the season, didn't he? And he just. He had that sort of almost. He just had a spell it in the middle bit where he just wasn't good enough, was he? And that was the problem. And I, I, I do think we'll talk about him. In the the whole team was suffering at the time, though, wasn't but it? It was. Know? It was. Yeah, and it was tough. And yeah. he sometimes again forget he's still only what twenty two, twenty three, isn't he? He's still quite a young lad. So yeah, you've got to be fair in him too. Um, yeah. So like I said, the players did their little. Uh, Lap of uh, honour after the game. It's nice to see the clumpet stay off the pitch for once at the end of it. Um, <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, I'm, you know, I was surprised at that, to be fair. <laughs> it genuinely was surprised. I was yeah, fully expecting yeah. it, especially the few of them started gathering at the front, but fair play to them. They, they did the right thing. And because it, it's fine when you're getting promoted and stuff like that, but yeah, when yeah. you're finishing like 20th or 19th, it just looks stupid, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, yes, it, it was. Uh, Nice fun to get a little bit of applause. Except it wasn't like a celebration. That's the thing. People get mistakes sometimes. Oh, how can you applaud them off? It's just a thank you for their efforts over the season. And it's, you know, you, you won't see them again until, well, July this year, obviously. It'll be a little bit different. But but yeah, it, it was just nice to show a bit of appreciation for the, for especially the efforts they've done over the last two or three months to drag themselves out of trouble. So great to see. Well, let's move on to the main bit we're going to talk about here, Dan. This might take us a little while to do this bit. We'll, we'll, we'll try and bash through it. The retain list. Mm. So we can have a little discussion here about who, because obviously the the retain list, Simo's basically confirmed today 
that he's going to tell the players on Monday. So the news will probably break Monday evening. That's what usually happens. It tells them during Monday the day. evening, Tuesday morning, yeah. Yeah, it's generally what happens to our retainers. So we'll know who's staying and who's going at that point. And we're going to go through and tell you who we think should stay and should go. Mike sent me an audio clip and I'll remember to play because he sent me an audio clip last week and I completely forgot to play it. So I'm going to try and remember to play it this week so we actually get to hear what he's got to say. Um, let's 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 first of all let's list who's under contract. Let's Do you go, want me through, to go through this. You go through the list of people who are under contract and, and people who are out of contract and all those details before we actually talk yeah. about. Who right, we're under contract, we've got goalkeepers Gabe Breeze and is it Scott Scott Simon Scott Simon. Yes, yeah, both first year pros as of this summer. So are they? I'm confused by this because obviously with with Jack Ellis, his pro deal starts in the summer on a two year deal. Mm. These lads signed professional deals last summer, even though they were still second-year yeah, YTSs. Yeah. Two-year deals, but did they start immediately? It's Remember who was involved about. in all that, so we'll, we'll find out in due course. It's I'm not even mentioning it. Cause it's, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's, it's not clear. It probably needs a bit of clarity. I'm sure the, the club will confirm it on the website because they yeah, usually put the yeah. details of how long they're contracted for, but they yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, defensively, uh, Joel Senior, although yep. October's penciled in for him yep. coming back. Uh, Jack Armour, Corey Whelan, John Mellish, and Jack Ellis will start his two-year deal. Yeah. Should be noted, uh, John Mellish has a one-year. They're all one-years. We'll, we'll tell you the ones when they've got options. John Mellish does have an option. So technically, you could say it's two years, effectively, he's yeah. got left. Uh, midfield, the only midfielders who will definitely be here uh, Callum Guy and poor Josh Dixon. Yeah, now Callum Guy again, like John Mellish, has got an option on his, his yeah. deal as well. So he's uh, wide men: uh, Gibson, Patrick, and Bell. Yeah, uh, and forwards: uh, Dennis Shaw, Silver, Fishburne. Will will actually only be a first year pro come the summer. Yeah, yeah, and Tammy Abrahams. Tammy. Had a two-year deal when he joined us. Oh, Tommy Abrams. Yeah. Tristan Abrams. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you got, know why? Get I've, in. I've, I've, got, I've caught you out with one of them now. <laughs> no, I was watching uh, some European stuff earlier. I was watching some European stuff, and uh, I'd been talking about Tommy Abrams. I'm so but, glad. Uh, it's the fir- first time I've caught you out <laughs> on one of those. It's normally me that, <laughs> that misspeaks, but there you go. I was talking about how Tammy Abraham should be Harry Kane's deputy for England because mm. of his form for Roma. Yeah, but that's completely off topic. Yes. Uh, we have a club option to extend also on Morgan Feeney. I'm almost certain they're going to take that. I mean, I, I, yeah. it would be nonsense for them to, to, to not do that. Really. Never mind option. I'd be offering them a new deal. As well, you basically tell him, we're going to extend, we're, we're going to extend anyway, but obviously your extension will be on your existing wage. Let's get you on better wages on a longer yeah, deal. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be up for that. There you go. So out of contract, uh, goalkeepers, Mark Howard and Norman. Yeah. Uh, defenders, Mella and McDonald. Yeah. Midfield, Riley, Devine, Devitt and Charters. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide men, Dickinson and Toure. And up front, Louis Alessandra and Manny Mampala. Mm. And then we've got the five lone players. How it's five is, is uh, the running joke of this pod at the moment. <laughs> Obviously, Simu, Omatoy, Roberts, Windsor and Lucas Jensen. You know what? You, you joke about Lucas Jensen. I genuinely forgot until someone mentioned the other day that Owen Windsor was even on loan with us. Yeah, I, I, I think genuinely, it was me and you. 
yeah. people like to say like, oh my God, he's actually still on loans, isn't he? He hasn't <sighs> featured in a squad since, since okay. I think it was Salford or something. Yeah, since Simo I, I think he was on the bench at Orient in Simpsons' first game and he's never featured again. Yeah, that's fairly so, telling, right, isn't it? So yeah. there you go. Right, well, let's have a look through then. Shall we play Mike's clip? So Mike's given us a, what he would do. And then we'll go through what we do. So this is what Mike said about the retain list. So for me, I'd really like to keep Riley, Feeney and Charters. Um, And then there's like a rung below that with like Howard and Devitt, where if they stay, I'll be quite happy. But if they move on, I'll understand at the same time. Brief and to the point there. Mm. I I, I was going to play this because it sounds like he was in a microwave <laughs> once again but there you go yeah um yeah so so basically mike would keep feeney riley charters and would essentially probably keep De- devitt and howard if he could and bomb yeah. the rest off interesting so he didn't actually say anything about existing players which i think is one you want to talk about isn't it yeah well a, a couple uh the the out of contract players i'm exactly the same i said a few weeks back on the forum mm-hmm. I'd offer deals to Howard that I could see him maybe wanting to be closer to home mm-hmm. so he could say no but I'd certainly offer uh, Riley charters Devitt and obviously I'd exercise Feeney's option of those under contract I'd be looking to move Abrahams on uh, the one I was on about with Corey Whelan is him and Danny Devine are very similar players in mm. that they both can play two or three positions and I just don't think Devine has done enough for me. And based on the fact that Whelan is already under contract, mm-hmm. I would obviously keep Whelan over Devine, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because... There's not going to be a huge amount of arguing between us on this, really, is there? Divine looks at things. No. So we've all got to make some reasons. Now, straight away, who would I keep? Um, I was, well, definitely Feeney. 100% give Feeney a, the extent, you know, trigger the option. Trigger the option. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'd, I'd look to get him tied on at least a two-year deal. If you can get an option in there as well, brilliant. You know, you just tell him you're going to get better wage. We'll put, you know, a release clause in there if a bigger club comes in. You know, one million or half million, whatever. I don't know. Um, if you want peanut butter sandwiches at half time, you can have them. Exactly. Anything, yeah. Exactly. Um, now, from the rest, I'd give Devitt a deal, but it would have to be appearance based, heavily based on that, basically. So your basic wage would not be particularly massive. But if he obviously makes appearances, it goes up to the level that you would expect for a player of his quality. I, I also think. Given he's obviously tied to the club, but weighed against his recent injuries in recent years, I think there's a deal to be done with Jamie Devitt. Yeah, I, that, realistically, that would suit both. Realistically, he's going to struggle to get another EFL club to give him a deal based on his injury record in recent years. That's not me being harsh, that's just the reality. No, 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 no. There might be National League clubs prepared to take a punt, and I know he's based down in the Manchester area, there's a few down there you could potentially look at, could even you know drop to like, play alongside Luke Joyce at AFC Files, somewhere like that. But if he really wants to keep playing EFL football, and I'm fairly sure he would, I, like you said, I reckon there's some sort of deal. And 
He's, he's 32 in early July as well. You don't want a complete clear out of the squad. You don't, because as much as you say, oh, you know, you do that, it, it can take a long time to rebuild things and it can take a while. I, I think having a good character like him around the squad is just as important. And someone who gets the club and who, who can, you know, when he plays, have a big influence, even when he's not, you know, scoring goals or anything. It's like someone was saying to me, he referees games. You watch him. He's in the referee's ear from the first minute and that can really give you an influence sometimes in a match. Someone like that. And the young players in the squad, you could learn a hell of a lot from him as well. So someone like, I think Jordan Gibson could learn a hell of a lot from him for having another season under him, definitely. Especially if he's going to play as a more central role going forward, potentially. Mm. There's a real option there. So Devitt, definitely I would. Charters, I'm a bit on the fence. Someone said this to me the other day, and I kind of agree with them. Is if you were if if he if he wasn't our player, if he was just a gated player, the gated, would you be desperately thinking, "Ooh, you know, we should be targeting him, we should be going after him, getting him in?" I'm not sure you would, and that that's where I'm a bit I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in a difficult position. I, I I I almost wonder if it would be better for his career to to leave, maybe go to somewhere like Gated in the National League and build himself up again in a similar way that Pat Ruff did. You know, towards the end of his time with us. On the flip that's... side, having played pretty regularly yeah. and tasted success yeah. with Gateshead, does it then give him the appetite to come back thinking, Paul Simpson's here, he's not really seen me play much. He you was know, apparently at the game at, of the weekend, wasn't he? Pan, apparently, apparently, yeah, apparently, but, it, it, you know, it, it'll make, if you'd like to think he seems a sensible lad, he would come back after the summer break saying, right, I'm going to show I'm good enough to play in this team under you. Yeah. You know? And I suppose he wouldn't be on a huge wage either. The frustrating thing is you've got a situation where, it sounds, this is going to sound very, very harsh the way I say this, but if Josh Dixon was out of contract, you'd probably be letting him go and keeping charters. Yeah, but yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. You've got Dixon's with us with his injury, obviously, for a while. Hopefully, he'll, he can come back from it. I mean, it's, it's going to be really tough for him. We know that. But, but yeah, I, I'm on the fence with Charters. I'm, I'm very, I, I'm, I'm very undecided on it. And I, I can, I, can, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be like oh, furious if he stayed or anything like that. I'd, I'd be quite happy actually. But if Simo decided to move him on, I'm not going to grumble. I'm going to go, you know, fair enough. And the thing is, I'm sure he'll sort himself and move very quickly because he's shown himself capable. When he's been playing at uh, Gated, so so yeah, um, that's one. Joe Riley again. I'm a little bit on the fence of it. I can't really decide. If, if you if you'd asked me back in, you know, October or whenever, I'd have said, I'd have I've been saying give him a contract now. He's he's been fantastic, but he struggles to pin down a place a little bit under Simo. He, I think I probably would give him a deal. But again, another one where if he went, am I going to be that bothered? Mm, I don't know. I, I think there's a really good player that I really do. Whether you keep him or not, I, I, I think he might get a deal. I think he might, but I, I don't know. I mean, for the rest, Howard, again, like you, it's one of those ones. He's been fantastic, but he is 35 and chances are he's probably, you know, he will start to decline at some point. Do you get him in and then basically... Have one of Breeze or Simons as a backup, send the other one out on loan for half a season, potentially flip that around for the second half of the season, depending on the situation. Maybe, maybe, but. I think it would be a big yeah. ask for both Breeze and Simons to become a first choice League Two goalkeeper in the oh, first full 
this first full year. Oh no, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect that. If, if Howard went, yeah. you know, be looking to get someone in. Obviously, yeah. there's plenty. There's a few names popped up recently that we, we've seen. Actually, one particular that we both seen. We thought, oh, that'd be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, Magnus Norman, he's not done enough to pin down a place over the, the two years. Time to move on. I don't think he's actually that good a keeper. If I'm brutally honest, that's just my opinion. I know there's a few people who rate him, but I don't really see it as much. For the defenders, Mellor and McDonald's. McDonald's, definitely. I think it's time to move on. Done well for us in spells, but I think he needs to go somewhere. He's going to play week in, week out. Kelvin Mellor, again, I thought he was a great signing when he came in, but he's had a few injury issues and. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not being harsh on these players. They're, mm. they're solid enough, you know, but... Can you do better? Be That's better. the question, That's the thing. We want, to, I, we want to be better. That's why I'm looking at things like Charles. I think he's getting to 21 now. How long can we wait for him to become the player that we want him to be as a first-team mm. player? That's, that's that's why I'm trying to look with that one, but there you go. Um, Danny Devine, done nowhere near enough to earn a contract with me. Time to move on. The, the, the wide form, I mean, Toure's gone, basically. He's not featured much recently, has he? So that's, that's time to move on for that one as well. Dickinson. Dickinson's an interesting one. I, I think I, I would let him go. I'll make that clear straight away. But I think there's a good player in there. I don't think we've ever seen the player that we all thought we were going to see. He's never I think he's been unlucky with injuries here, hasn't he? Especially at the very start as well. To get injuries yeah, like that at yeah. the very start was just a real kick in the, the guts, wasn't it? But he's always worked hard and, and, and he's one of those ones. You've got to remember, he's, he's barely played in the position he was brought into playing, which Beach wanted to play him in a front three, didn't he? On Like on the right-hand side. Cutting yeah, in, yeah. Like a Nathan Thomas-style player. But he's never really done that, has he? He's, he's never really had the chance. He's played at wing-back, which we know he can do, and he did when he was at Colchester, but I don't think he's quite built to be a wing-back these days. He's bulked up quite a bit. Yeah, you need to yeah. get up and down the pitch when you do that. I think he's done all right in midfield, to be fair, considering he's probably never played as a centre midfielder before. He's done a solid enough job, and, he, and, and Simo does seem to but like, is, him, is like he, him. Is he a long? Is he a long-term solution? Probably not. No, for the team no. wanting to be at the business end in no. midfield, for no. me, no. No, no, absolutely not. I'd agree with that. But Simo does seem to like him. He, 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 I know it's one of those things where you know needs must and that kind of thing. But he's got in that midfield ahead of Divine most weeks. He's got picked there ahead of Riley most weeks. He's even been picked in there, you know, ahead of Corey Whelan, who can play midfield most weeks. So, Simo does seem to like him. I, I think he will go, but I wouldn't be totally amazed if Simo thought, oh, okay, maybe a one-year deal. But there's rumours he's put his house on the market anyway, so I'm not sure whether he would want to stay anyway. Um, and forward-wise, Mampala's gone. Bye-bye. Um, Alessandra, fantastic. <laughs> what, you, what, you get a two-year deal? So don't, don't. Uh, Alessandra... Been a fantastic servant these last couple of years, and we we're huge fans of him on this podcast, aren't we? We we think he's been brilliant in the way he's you know when he's comes into the team, we play well. But again, he's not played as much this season, and it's probably time for him and us to move on. I wouldn't be amazed to see him turn up at Oldham again when he started his career. If we hadn't signed Christian Dennis, I think there may have possibly been a, a sort of a super sub role for Alexandra. Would, but I think Christian Dennis is just a little bit sharper. He's got he's got more of a goal for us, I suppose that's that's the big yeah, thing with Dennis. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, like I said, Lewis has been a fantastic servant, but it's just time to move on from that. In terms of the under contract ones, briefly before we go into the second half of the show, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd, Abraham's has to move on. I mean, the, the problem I've got is I look at the the the, 
the under contract is we've got four, three, four strikers already contracted for next season, so we've got to shift at least one of them. We really, really do. I think we need to to move one of them on. I think Abraham's will go definitely. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Whelan was told he could he could move on as well. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. I've heard someone say this. I wouldn't be totally amazed if Simo said to Christian Dennis that he could find another club as well. He's not used him that much sometimes in recent weeks, has he? He's been a bit reluctant. I don't know. I just I'd have maybe a little inkling there. I wouldn't. I'd I'd, say, I'd stick with him. But but there you go. I think generally, all three of us sort of agree, don't we? I think. Although I'm a little bit on the fence in a couple of them, I think we all agree that um, that basically Feeney stays. <laughs> um, all fairly agreed on Devitt if you can get the right deal, Riley as well, and Charters again. We're a little bit on the fence, and Howard's the one we're all like, mm, well, maybe. So it's generally an agreement, aren't we, on the, on the players mm. all stay? Be interesting to see what it is. Yeah. He, he has said that it won't be a total clear out, and he's basically said some players will be offered deals. Just watch it be Feeney, the only one who gets off the one now, after we've said all this, but there you go. Um, right, well, that's enough for the first half show. We've gone on for quite a while here, so we'll... The just to go back to it, guess who's just scored for Roma as we're recording? Tammy Abrahams. Tammy Abraham, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm surrounded by football. I'm, I'm recording <laughs> recording the pod on my iPad. I'm using my phone for the, the notes, and I've got the Rangers match on the telly at the moment. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Right. That's the end of the first half show. We're back in a sec to preview the final game of the season at Bradford. This is John Mellish. You listen to the Brunton Bugle. Yeah, big John there for the last time. Well, not the last time this season because we've got a couple more episodes to do after the last episode, but there you go. Um, just a reminder, obviously, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on all good podcast apps, whether that's got to remember not to say Acast here because <laughs> that's closing down soon. Whether that might be Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the new one that I'm using, Pocket Cast, which is very good. I spent ages the other day moving all my podcasts over. A bit of a pain because I've got about I've got about fifty or sixty downloads that I've been meaning to listen to and never get around to. So took a while. That is fair to say. Uh, but yeah, so you click subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and uh, it'll come straight into your little inbox every time an episode comes out. And obviously, even give us a review as well. Always very much appreciated. And remind us, follow us on social media, on all the good social media. So, uh, Brunton Bugle on Twitter and on Instagram now. I still only did one post in there, but I'll do another one soon. Um, we might even do some bits at the weekend, actually. Me and Mike will do a few bits while we're on some our way to Some arty pictures. Some arty pictures and do some little videos on the street, on the, uh, you know, the, uh, what's it called? Um, not streets. Reels. Reels and things like that, yeah, basically. We'll yeah, do get there. down with it, Rooney boy. Yeah, so if you, if you, if you see us at the game, come over and we'll, if you want to have a little we'll, chat. We'll be, on, we'll be on TikTok doing dances that matches next. Behave. Good grief, no. Behave. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're on there. We're on the B Just on Fair, our Facebook group and the cubbrings.net message board. And you can email us, bruntabugle at gmail.com. And uh, for the final time this season, I'm going to say to you, uh, this season... We've been sponsored the second half of the show by the Cali United Supporters Club, London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cali United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee, Houston to Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, supporters games, and they do a lot of fundraising for the club. They announced one this week, actually, didn't they, Dan? I saw about for the, for the academy teams. Yeah, uh, I, think, really? I think it was a couple of grand for various bits of equipment yeah, for the uh, the academy. This is the sort of, I think, is it 9 to 16 academy we do? Yeah, yeah, I think it's that one. Yeah, so fantastic yeah. to see that. Uh, they're providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, 
carlislondonbranch.org. Now, there is not a Behind Enemy Lines section this week because... when we did the Bradford one last time, I, just, I spoke to basically a random fan of Twitter. He's really, really good, but I just haven't had the time to source something this week, to be honest. So so there you go. And it's last game, so who really cares? <laughs> um, away pub this weekend, two options. There's the Bradford Island, which is at BD13BA. That's the postcode. And the Sparrow Inn, which is BD13HZ. I would note the Sparrow Inn looks like quite a small pub. It's like a craft sort of real L pub. I think it's it? like... Uh... A micro brewery, possibly. Yeah, it? it is. It is. So it's 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 not the biggest. So you might find that one's full. So the Bradford Arms might yeah. be. Your there's there's plenty of options, and I think there's quite a few blues uh, on the train and drinking in Shipley. Yes, it's only it's only about three miles in a taxi. So yeah, exactly. Right, we have got a question of the week though. Mike has sent one in. So this is this week's question of the week, Dan. So a notable former member of personnel this week is Greg Abbott. For how many games was he manager at Carlisle? And, you know, again, whoever's closest wins. Is he talking about league? Or he's got to be clear on these questions sometimes, doesn't he? Is it league and yeah. cups or just league? Oh. I'm taking it as all games. Okay, let's go all games. He had about... We'll do the answers later, but I've got to remember, he had his caretaker spell where I think he must have been in charge for about 10 games. Yeah, well, yeah, is he including caretaker or not? Presumably including caretaker, so it's ten, let's say ten games for the caretaker, and then I've got a figure in mind already because I looked at his record a few weeks back for oh, some reason. You would, you would have done. I can't uh, remember it exactly, but I've a, I've a rough figure. Right, I'm so I'm trying to work this out. So you did oh nine ten, ten eleven, eleven twelve, twelve thirteen, and like five games at the start of 13, 14. Yeah. So he's had four full seasons. So that's at least 200. I reckon, I'm going to have a guess. Clean the 10. A little bit on there. Half a season as well. I forgot about that as well. With thing. 271, I'm going for. I'm going to say 255. Oh, I bet you're right as well. I bet you've... But... I I don't know if that includes a caretaker or not. Ah, well, there you go. Right, well, we'll, Which, we'll, yeah. we'll do the answer later well, on for that, anyway. You may as well do the answer now. Well, we'll, we'll tell you what, like, go on then. Go on then. Well, we've yeah. guess it, so let's do the answer now. So here's what the answer is to that question. It was 269. Oh, I was two out. Two out. Oh, that was close. So I was four out if we include the caretaker on my total. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Blimey. Well, there you go. Thanks for that question there, Mike. Um, let's get on to the uh, the game this weekend then. So, obviously, game kicks off on Saturday, 7th of May at 3pm at the Utilia... Let me read this right. Utilita Energy Stadium, a.k.a. Valley Parade. That's all we're going to call it from this point on. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, referees, James Bell from Sheffield. It's his uh, second season as an EFL referee. He's taken charge of 36 games so far this season, handing out 113 yellow and three red cards. Interesting one, this. When was his last game that he took charge of United? Well, I, I can read. So you can I, read, I so you know. <laughs> people listening are like, oh, what, what's the suspense here? It's actually the last game he refereed. <laughs> he hasn't refereed a game since he refereed United's 2-1 win over Northampton. The uh, the famous game with, uh, with the big crowd, wasn't it, that we got for one of Simmer's first games in charge. 
and uh, gave us a penalty later on in the game, quite rightly. <laughs> Ridiculous handball decision from the uh, defender. But yeah, so uh, interesting that you don't see that very often, refereeing two games from the same team and in the space of a, basically the, the two games, isn't it? It's very unusual, that. Um, head-to-head-wise, 56 time we'll have faced the Bantams. Very, very close it is. We've won 20. There's been 14 draws and the Bantams have won 21. So very, very tight on that. Uh, last yeah. season, they finished in 15th place in League 2. Their current position is 14th place on 55 points from 45 games. They're four positions and two points above United. So they're the team that are the highest that we can overtake basically on the last day. Because I think the next team above them is like six points ahead. So yeah, they're, they're, audience, I think. they're the highest point they can finish, um, Bradford, I think. So we can potentially overtake them. Obviously, the teams below them might also win, so we might not get much higher. But at the very least, if we win, we can go one place in the in the league at the end of the season. Um, their manager. This was this was. I mean, this kind of ruined Simmer's appointment, didn't it? Because it was an even more shocking managerial appointment on the same week, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Mark Hughes. I still can't quite believe it. Can you that he's he's manager of Bradford City? The thing that blew my mind was that he'd never refereed below Premier League level till this point. Yeah. Which is quite incredible. So yeah, that's Mark Hughes, the former Wales, Blackburn Rovers, Manchester City, Fulham, Queen's Park Rangers, Stoke City and Southampton boss. As I said, arguably the most sensational managerial point in League Two in a long time. I mean, took the reins back in February when Derek since, Adams... Since then, Gordon Erickson took over Notts County. He wasn't manager, was he? I thought he was just director of football, yeah. wasn't he, or something? I think someone coached... One of his old coaches was the actual yeah, coach. Yeah. It was a strange one, but yeah, I do get your point. That was probably just as big, again, another former Man City manager. Um, so he took over after Derek Adams was given the boot after just over half a season in charge. Didn't go well for Derek Adams at all, but did it. He just didn't really get things going. Um, his CV speaks for itself, doesn't it? 450... Top flight game, or over 450 top flight games as a manager. Um, obviously, first managerial job outside the Premier League bar, obviously, be the fact that he was manager of Wales for five years. He was player manager of Wales. Always tickles me that. You don't see that very often, do you? An international Not player an manager. international level, no. no. No, it's fantastic, isn't it? Um, as a player, I mean, he, he was a brilliant player, wasn't he? I think I don't think kids today realise, you know, young'uns will realise how good he was as a player. For Manchester United, he played for Manchester United, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, the few other clubs as well. But one thing he was known for, wasn't it, Dan? That he was an absolute bastard for a volley, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. probably one of the finest volleys of the ball, other than maybe like Marco van Basten. There's a, yeah, yeah. there's an amazing clip I've, you've probably seen it on Twitter when he was Manchester City manager, and he's taken part in training drills with the players, and the ball's played up to him like on the edge of the 18 yard box. And he absolutely hammers a volley into the top corner, and like you can see all the players standing around, like, is it? Is that for real? <laughs> I wasn't yeah. that. And he must have been. He must have been at this point probably about you know forty eight, forty nine. So he's no spring chicken there by then. So yeah, brilliant. I mean, there's a big question about whether he'll be able to do it with a sort of lowest standard of play. But I think he deserves it. After there was a bit of mocking when he sort of got it, wasn't there? And I think he deserves a bit of credit, doesn't he? For the fact that he, he he's dropped it, he, he said to himself basically, "I want to challenge myself, with, see whether I can actually do it with players at this level." I think he maybe deserves a bit more credit than he gets for doing that. Yeah, uh, sorry, I was just distracted there because <laughs> there was a goal on the uh, on the telly. I've uh, done wrong not to cheer there, but uh, no, uh, 
I think Mark Hughes has been promised a lot to take this job. Yeah. I it'll be very interesting to see their summer business. Are they really going for it this summer? And they've had false dawns for two or three years. Yeah. I think he's been promised a war chest as well. Possibly. And and the thing is, you'd imagine just his name is going to be enough to attract some players to go there, won't it? Of course it is, of course it is. Because a lot of these will be, you know, players who will still have a vague memory of him as a player. Quite a few of them. I mean, you probably get into. It's probably more nearer my age and your age, isn't it? They'll remember him in his pro, his pomp and his prime, but they yeah. might remember him when he was at Blackburn. He was still, you know, cutting it up a bit in the Premier League with them yeah. and things like that. So well into his late thirties as well. I think he was forty when he played at Blackburn, wasn't he? At the very end, possibly. Mm. Not far off anyway. And, yeah. and, he, and he dropped back from being a striker to being a midfielder by then as well. And he was a very, very good holding midfielder towards the end of his career. But yeah, I, I think yeah, I think he does a bit of credit for actually taking the chance there. And like I said, I, I imagine come come mid July when we do our uh, season preview podcast, I have a feeling we'll be talking about them as one of the top three contenders this summer. I really do. I think I've yeah, I think we all went for them in the playoffs last year, didn't we? And that didn't work out, but. But you've just got this feeling that, that Hughes is going to be the man who takes him to the next level. Last time out, uh, quite an impressive win, actually. This wasn't it? 4-1 at playoff chasing Sutton. Didn't see this one coming because Sutton had been flying. Yeah, I think many people did. Uh, the, the, the goals came from uh, Charles Vernon Brace and uh, strikes from Jansen Ogo and uh, Andy Cook. We haven't mentioned for a while, have we? I think he's been injured a bit, hasn't he, lately? So. Yeah. Yeah, good to see him back on the score sheet. Um, form-wise, they're 14, so they're pretty average at the moment, where they are on the table, essentially, in terms of form. Uh, record of lost, drawn, drawn, lost, 1-1. One, one. Uh, United are currently 18th in that form table. Uh, one, obviously, their last two games. One, obviously, being the one against Sutton. The other one was against Scunthorpe, so probably don't read too much into that one. I think it's fair to say. Have a quick look through this squad, Dan. Um, it's interesting. It's very top-heavy, isn't it? I want to say top of I mean, they've got a lot of forwards in the squad. Yeah, um, we've got a lot of forwards on loan. Mm, they definitely have, yeah. Um, yeah. Some interesting names in there, isn't there? I mean, obviously, in terms of defence, actually, there's not a huge amount in there, is it? It, 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 it does look a little bit thin in terms of defence. Yeah. I mean, Oscar Frelkald's one that I've always rated, but they don't seem to rate him at all. They seem to think he's quite poor, the Bradford yeah. fans. Um Cody O'Connor is a bit of a, a head case, I think, isn't he? He's one who likes to fly into tackles. And he's, a, he's a proper League Two defender, isn't he? Is. he? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, midfield-wise, Jansen goes, you know, fairly solid sort of holding midfield at this level, yeah. isn't he? Um, Elliot Watt, former yeah. Lordy, and apparently, was it Hall linked with him? I wasn't that impressed with him when we played them. I really mm-hmm. wasn't. And he's always struck me as a kind of a little bit of a luxury player at this level. Very decent on the ball, got a really good set piece in him. He's, he's one of those that we, we say is probably he would be better in League One than yeah, League Two. Well, yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that one. And I think he's one who would maybe be a little bit more protected higher up. He, he, if he gets a few kicks in a game, he just doesn't doesn't want to know. He's not interested, isn't he? He just loses total interest. So, so yeah, he's an interesting. Callum Cook's been a very good player for them as well, actually, as well. And again, another one who's had a few injuries, I think. But as you mentioned, forwards-wise, they've got loads in there, haven't they? I mean... <laughs> A few of them have been injured this season. Abo Issa uh, possibly could feature this weekend, but he's missed pretty much all of this season, I think, with injuries mm. since he signed from Scunthorpe. Um, 
Charles Vernon's one that we all thought what a fantastic signing he would be for them. And again, he's not really done it, has he? Alex mm. Gilead, another former blue. I think he's probably been one of their better players this season. I think he sits a bit deeper these these days, doesn't he? Rather than playing as a winger. Um, two of the lone players, Tom Elliott from Salford City, just a big lump really, isn't he, up front? I mean, I'm tempting fate here. I'll probably score the winner of the weekend now I've said that. But um, Nathan Delfuenzo, one that we were allegedly linked with in, in January, didn't turn up here, ended up at... Um, Bradford, he's been released by Bolton, though, hasn't he, actually? So he's, he's already not got a club for next season. He knows that going to this game. So it'll be interesting to see whether he actually wants to play or not. Because if you know you're going to be out of contract, you probably, well, I'm guessing he probably knew that was going to be coming already, didn't he, I suppose? So it won't be as much of a problem. But yeah, other than that, obviously Andy Cook and Jamie Walker from Hart is one who's done well up there. Yeah, it, there's some talent in attack. But there's a defence there I think you can get at, isn't there? Yeah, uh, they've obviously chopped and changed a lot up front, haven't they? You know, it's, uh, I've, I've not seen that many strikers on a squad list for a long time. Nine or ten of them, is it? Yeah, I think some of them might play a bit. Like I said, Gilead doesn't really play as a striker yeah. these days. Does he? Andy Cook has actually played most games this year. He, oh. he came back at the start of the year. He just hasn't scored that much. Oh, wow. He's just not been scored. Yeah, I've just, I've just looked at his record there. Mm, interesting. But, uh, mm, a bit of a strange mixture of squad and one that undoubtedly I'm pretty sure Mark Hughes has used his couple of months in charge to decide what he wants. Well, I noticed the other day they've given Lee Angle a new one-year deal for next season already. So he's clearly been impressed with what he's done. He's someone who's clearly knuckled down and shown what he's capable of and as a result has earned himself a deal for next season. Um, yeah, there's a couple of interesting... Po- points I've uh, spotted about them. Uh, they've appointed a new head of recruitment, which is Stephen Gent from uh, Middlesbrough. He was their chief scout in Middlesbrough, so that's quite a decent appointment, isn't it, really? Obviously, we're going to be appointing a head of recruitment very soon, so it'll be interesting to see who comes in to do the role for us. Um, I mean, can't do any worse than the last bloke who's responsible for that kind of thing. Um, and, and the other thing that really tickled me was uh, uh, Brad, uh, Real Madrid used Bradford City's team bus to go to uh, the Etihad <laughs> for the semi-final yeah. the week. I thought that was, really like that. I really enjoyed that when I saw that. But that's quite funny. But there you go. I wonder if we're going to use it for the final. Oof, maybe they do. Maybe a bit, a bit lucky, maybe. You never know. But there you Get go. Get it sent to uh, Charles de Gaulle <laughs> to pick him up in the mm. airport. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, let's talk about United then, Dan. Injuries-wise, I mean, you might have a bit more of an update on this because I think Simmer's done a lot. Yeah, a chance just to read it. before we started recording, uh, the club put out an injury update. Uh, Jamie Devitt's not going to be ready. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, they're, not going to ri- they're not going to risk Toby Shaw Silver either. No, it's common sense, that, isn't it, really? You, you yeah. don't really want to take a chance. Uh, I didn't see any mention of Joe Riley, so I assume it was just a tweak. Yeah, hopefully. He should be okay. Hopefully he did say he was struggling to fill the bench. Yeah, so I do wonder if maybe they're just keeping quiet on Joe and they're just leaving it to the last minute yeah. to check whether he's fit or not. But I'll, he... after, I'll, you maybe even see Owen Windsor on the bench. <sighs> You know what? If he doesn't feature on the bench, that tells you a lot about him and his attitude. Well, yeah, yeah and maybe yeah. his future in football, possibly because if you can't yeah, even get to the yeah. bench when basically every every bugger's yeah. <laughs> falling on the floor. I mean, uh, guys, seeing you and Dixon obviously are all out long term, so they won't feature yeah. either. It just see if Lewis Bell actually features because he's not been on much, has he? So, I mean, he's obviously under contract for next season, so you'd think you'd want to maybe have a little look at him, but but yeah, he just doesn't doesn't seem to be able to force his way in, does he? Um, so in terms, of obviously, the fact that you know we're struggling to get players together and everything, um, 
what do you do if, if, if obviously if, if Riley's out? Do you maybe bring? Oh, you have to bring Divine into the starting lineup if he's fit, aren't you? I guess. Yeah, you probably him. would. Uh, Simu comes back in, obviously. Yeah, Simu come back in for for Wheeling. You'd imagine for one last swan song. Hopefully, he'll get that uh, goal finally. That's what we're all dreaming of. Well, could could Wheeling step into the middle? Uh, maybe, but I, I, off the back me, of a semi decent performance last week. I. I, I I really worry when he's in midfield. I'm not convinced by him as a midfielder at all, so I, w- I wouldn't go that route, personally. Um, yeah, yeah in, in terms of the rest of them, um, Jack Ellis, does he, does he start again? Does he stick with him? Does he bring Mellor in? To be fair to the lad, he deserves to. Yeah. I, f- I think if he comes out, he certainly won't be a, a marker on how he played against Stevenage. Mm. It may be more a case of thinking... Big crowd away game. Yeah. Put him and on he's the bench prob- type thing. And he's probably going to be coming up against a better player on their left wing yeah, than, yeah. than Stephen has had. So in yeah. any case, stick Mellow in there, a bit of experience. Yeah. Save yeah. for it. And if you know, bring him on late on for for the big crowd experience if you have to. Be nice to get a couple of those young players on the pitch late on, maybe, you know, sort yeah. of things are going well, maybe you have to wait and see. So let's have our predictions then done. So do you want to go first? I am going for the ding dong end of season pre all draw. Ooh. And goals. the goal scorers. I think I know one of them's going to be. be. I know one is going to be. And, but we're both going to say who's going to score the third <laughs> goal. Yeah. Uh, I think Christian Dennis will score his dual mm-hmm. goal. I think he deserves one, especially after his work in the build-up for that team goal last week. Uh, I'm going to get Jordan Gibson to nab mm-hmm. one against his uh, former club. And then, when we're 3-2 down, 96 minutes, he's going to end up on top of that double-decker stand. <laughs> Big Dimmel. Gonna, he's going to smash ahead of him. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, one of them where the keeper goes in the back of the net with the ball in his hand type thing. Yeah, brilliant. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's do Mike's then before I do mine. Here's Mike's prediction. So I'm going for a 3-1 win with Gibson, obviously, Patrick, obviously, and we'll get... Dainal Samu will score simultaneously the most pointless and also most celebrated goal that the club has seen for the past 10 years. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, I'm, guess what I'm going to go for? I'm going to go for a 4 3 win. I'm going to go for a. Do, do, do you know win. something? Before you give yours, God. if we get a penalty, just let him take it for the. Yes. I don't care sheer... whether. It... Shit and the, giggles. For the, for the banter of it, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I, in terms of um, my prediction, I'm going to go for a 4 3 win. And my goals are going to be Amari Patrick, Jordan Gibson. Can you guess what the next one's going to be? Danny Devine, Danny Devine. Scoring his last game. <laughs> and Kel- no, not Kelvin Miller. Dinell Simi is going to get the winning goal. Well, no, Kelvin Miller would have been another ex-Bradford player. That's it? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I nearly said Kelvin oh. Miller. So there you go. So there you go. That's the uh, the predictions out of the way. Um, right, Dan, it's time for the X-Files section. It's the bit you do each week. Uh a bit quite on the goals wise, but promotions wise and relegations, etc. Well, I'm, I'm actually up, I'm updating as I'm reading here. Oh, yeah. there been so goals maybe in the Europa League? <laughs> Gary Medine missed a penalty for Blackpool in a shock two 0 home defeat to relegated Derby. Uh, John O'Sullivan, we haven't heard him for a while, scored in Accrington's mad four three win at AFC Wimbledon, which obviously relegated Wimbledon. Joe Garner continued his recent form, scored in Fleetwood's 4-2 defeat at Bolton. Uh, Andy Cook, as you mentioned, scored in Bradford's 4-1 win. Uh, Callum Higginbottom scored in Kelty Hart's 2-1 win up the road at Annan. And Kedwin Scott scored again for Gateshead in the 3-1 win. Uh, 
Paddy Madden scored a late penalty in Stockport's 1-0 win over Chesterfield. And James Tavernier has scored tonight for Rangers as we're recording. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. Could be playing uh, a European Washington fight. relegations, we've got quite a few, haven't we? Yes, it's been a busy one. We missed one last week. We uh, Dean Furman, he's at Warrington Rylands, obviously at Workington's expense. He... Uh, Funny enough, I, I think I was on LinkedIn the other day. Yeah, you were saying this. Someone, someone had liked a video. Someone I'm friends with, like connected with. He, he's uh, fi- been training to be a financial advisor for a few years. So mm. He's uh, into all that now. And, and, and who was who commented on the uh, on the post that you saw? Oh yeah, Dylan Kerr. There's yeah. an ex blue for you. Maltese, Dylan yes. Kerr. And he's manager of a team in South Africa, which is obviously where he knows him from. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, the wonderful world of football. Yeah, uh, Tim Krull was relegated with Norwich to the Championship, mm. but Jack Stacey went up to the Premier League with Bournemouth. Completely forgot he was uh, a Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah, just completely forgot about it. Ben Amos and Charlie White, champions with Wigan, promotion back to the Championship. Mm. Uh, Josh Coyote also up to the Championship with Robham in second. Uh, Tom Anderson and Adam Clayton relegated to our league with Doncaster. Ditto Sam Cosgrove with Wimbledon and Max Aimer with Gillingham. Yeah. Jason Kennedy promoted with Mask United to the yes. Northern Premier League Premier Division via the playoffs. Fantastic. Really good to see Jason doing well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam Campbell, Conor Malley and Kedwin Scott uh, up to the National League of Gateshead, as we've mentioned many times yeah. recently. And Carlisle City won the Northern League Division 2 title. What a run of wins. <laughs> They put together and it. How many was it? Basically, oh, it was a few. They had to. They had to win the last game, and hope the rivals drew. No better than a draw, mm. and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it turns out, you know that game where they scored about twenty against Durham. Yeah. That's what won them the league. That game. Wow. Because of the goal difference. Uh, obviously, a lot of ex ex Blues, mainly young lads. Uh, Dan Kirkup, Jordan Holkin, and also Adam Bradbury, Keenan Kerr, and Paul Simpson's nephew, Josh. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's all of them. I, I was looking for the squad list and I couldn't really tell if there was any I'd missed. I, I might have missed a couple. Yeah, there the probably is. There probably is. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other bits. John Sheridan is staying on at Oldham yeah. after their relegation. That'll not, be interesting. Not, not necessarily a bad move from them, really, is it, to keep him there, really? Because I think yeah. he's someone who... The, it, it depends if they can change owners, though, doesn't it? That's the big, big problem. Uh, Jack Iredale turned down a new deal at Cambridge. He's been linked with Bolton already. Yes, I think he's Suggestion really seems to be that that's uh, a done deal. almost a done deal. Uh, Danny Livesey, who we mentioned at the top of the show. Never used that word before, the top of the show, have we? Yeah. yeah. Sounds very professional, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Unlike us. Nope. Uh, he was named in the National League North Team of the Week. Uh, quite yeah. fitting in his last couple of games. And one who is not an ex-blue, because he only played on trial, but Lauren you... Shankland, the one we should have signed, Keith, Curl, not Millen, uh, he got relegated with his team in Belgium, and he's been linked with Hearts, I think it was. Was it Hearts, um, I said? Someone like that, yeah. yeah. I, le- I let you have this one in every time. I don't know why I do, because you, shoot- yeah. you always shoehorn it in somehow, but there you go. Cosgrove and Shankland would have took us to the league. <laughs> well, Cosgrove on current form certainly wouldn't the way he's playing no, it, since yeah. he's uh, 
just a terrible move that for him to Birmingham, wasn't it? Just hasn't worked out at all. But I mean, it worked out for well, us. Probably it was was. He probably gets a good wage off it. No, true, true. But for, for us, yeah. it worked out as well. We got a nice tidy little yeah. sell on from that. Yeah. yeah, Viva Clipper with his uh, wonderful yeah. negotiating skills to get that. Guys, we've rattled on tonight, haven't we? We certainly have, especially considering we haven't actually got a, a uh, opposition section bit in it. But there you go. Plenty mm. of talk about the the contracts there, wasn't it? Something we really needed to discuss a little bit yeah. this week. And we'll, so. we'll obviously when when the retained lists out on next week's episode with a review of Bradford and that, we'll we'll talk a bit more in depth about where we need to strengthen and that. With the, yeah, absolutely. And decisions made. Yeah, I, I should say, yeah, but big thank you once again to our sponsors, the London branch. Um, we're in early talks about them extending that deal for next season, so that'd be fantastic. I was, I was, priv- I was privy to the uh, discussion. <laughs> It was yeah. a very long and drawn out. No, it took about thirty seconds, if that. <laughs> yes, yes. So hopefully, we'll have something to for next season. That's brilliant. Yeah. It's been great to have the support of them, and we know it's really helped. Yeah, definitely helps as us. Well. Yeah. So it's great stuff. Um, and uh, just one thing I was yes. going to mention. Uh, obviously, we plugged the hundredth episode with John Coleman. Thanks to all the new listeners off the back of that. Yeah. Because you, you keep an eye on the analytics, and uh, there was oh. a bit of a spike, wasn't there? So yeah, we definitely. We hope, def- we'll hope you're here to stay. We're not giving too many figures away. About a twenty-five percent spike in our listeners, which is really fantastic. Really, and it's yeah, it's not working yeah. from that lower base before some smart ass makes a comment. But um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, it's 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 brilliant to get so so many people listening. And we, we, what we'll do is we'll try and stick that up again. The the article, if you haven't read it yet, um, that John did it was really really fantastic. To, the coverage yeah, he gave yeah. us, um, yeah, really good. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, um, what we're going to do is we're going to... Um, we'll be doing a proper episode next week, which will cover yeah. Bradford well, and the retained list. One. I'm looking potentially for the Bradford game. Me and Mike might just record some stuff on the day at the game, because you're not going yeah. there because you're working. So. No, I'm working. I'm working Saturday so, morning. So me and me and um, Mike might just record a few little bits on the day at the game, so we've got that covered. And then what we'll do is we'll do an episode for the retain list, as you said, and we'll discuss what we need to do for next season. We might even have some news on the head of recruitment by then, possibly. You never know. Um, and there'll be a few of the little bits. We might even discuss a few of the... Because a lot of clubs will have done their retain list by then. We might have a little quick look through and see if there's any names that stand out straight away. I know we've both spotted a few already. I know people have already said about Reese Bennett. We didn't mention, actually, he's been released by... Morkham, yeah, League One have already started doing theirs, haven't they? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd have Bennett back to be brutally honest, personally. But there you go. No. We'll discuss that at a later date. Um, but yes, that's the plan. And obviously, the week after that, we we'll see what's happening. We might do another follow up episode. We might have a couple of weeks off before we do anything more. But but there you go. So that's this week's episode done. Dan, thanks once again. Um, thanks once again, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate it. And uh, most importantly, up the blues. Up the blues. Oh.